What's up? And welcome to Teach Em Up, the podcast about teaching and learning. Uh, today, we are talking with Eleni Katsaros, an art teacher at San Marin High School. How you doing, Eleni? I'm doing great. How are you? I am doing well, all um, things considered. Yes. All right. So um, our topic today is, should you become a teacher? Why should you become a teacher and why should you not? Um, so, Len, what do you think? Should you become a teacher? Woof. I think it. I think it depends a lot on where you are in life and where you've been and where you want to go. Really, I think becoming a teacher means you need to have a little experience under your belt before making that choice. Fact. Um, <laughs> you were telling me about this theoretical book that you were. Pl- Actually, let's take a step back. Okay. Uh, how long have you been teaching? This is my fifth year. Okay. But it's my third career. Okay. So how did you get to teaching? So I started out um, kind of somebody who never thought that they were going to be going to college and, you know, thought I'd just be in some kind of admin job. Um, figured it out. Had a great experience in college. Found my way to being creative. Uh, I graduated with interior design. Got into that field right away, straight out of college. Did not enjoy the clientele very much. And mm. so... What do you mean by that? Working one-on-one with privileged people was kind of hard at, you know, 23 mm-hmm. to be understanding at that point. So I was a, a interior designer. I did kitchens and baths for a prominent area around us. And I was like, A, I'm not loving what I'm doing. B, I'm not making enough money to pay my student loans. And C, I worked way too hard to be doing something that just doesn't fulfill me. Mm-hmm. So from there, I was telling a friend about this, and she was like, why don't you come and work for my company? It's an IT sale company. You make as much money as you want. We're an awesome community. Blah, blah, blah. And I'm you like, make as much money as you want is one of those great yeah. like uh, pyramid scheme openers. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Well, 23-year-old, you know, Katz was like, heck yeah, I want that. So I was like, I love people. I'm a great people person. You are. So um, I, yeah, when became a sales manager, worked my way up in the company. I was working six, sometimes seven days a week, going in early, staying in late, making phone calls, living in a cubicle. And my CEO, who's this fantastic woman, Belinda, was like, what is your why? why do you come in every day and work this hard? And I was like, well, money, duh. I was like, I want to buy a house, and I want to be able to have a house in Greece where my family is, and I want to be able to support my parents and support myself. And from there, I started to accomplish these things, slowly got a car, got a house, but realized I could never have my summers in Greece because in corporate you get seven days off a year for sick days. That's Mm -hmm. it. Um, and then I was like, well, I miss being creative and I'm not being fulfilled really. Like the real important things in life aren't being fulfilled. Working with my community, giving back, those type of things. And I was like, okay, I need to find a new why. And my why really was going back to my roots of being creative and working creatively and sharing what I have learned and accomplished through life in some way. And so teaching just kind of fell into place. And it, and it hit all those other things. I get two months off for summer. I get to go to Greece every summer and see where I came from and my, my family that I don't get to see, you know, every weekend like I do here. So 
um, I, I decided teaching was a good fit for me, but I had to take those steps to, mm-hmm. to get here, to decide that. I went back to school for it. Went back to school, got my credential, got my master's, and now, yeah, five years, and I've never been happier. Nice. Thank you. Um, so how old were you when you made that switch over? Oh, man, I was 28. Uh-huh. I want to say tw- tw- 27, 28. So long gone were the majors of my 20s. Oh, you're still so young. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I feel younger now than I did then, man. Your 20s are a rough time. Yeah, they are, yes. right? People don't talk about how challenging it is to be 20-something. Right. Um, because... Like, you have all the freedom in the world mm-hmm. and no clue where you're actually going in life. Right. Uh, it is a super tough in between y transition period. Which is exactly why I don't think you should be allowed to choose to be a teacher at that point in your life. I'm mm. not saying that some people aren't born with it. Okay. I'm just saying that if you're going to teach, you know, 200 kids a year where to go in life, don't you think you need to have been somewhere first? That's an interesting point. Um, and it's a, it's a really interesting point because I started teaching at 23. Oh, sorry. No, no, it's good. <laughs> um, so uh, you have this idea for a theoretical book, correct? Yes. Okay, tell me the title of your theoretical book. It's called Why Teachers Should Get Real Jobs. Harsh. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> that is super harsh. Um, okay, as a teacher... Why should teachers get real jobs? I think having life experience in different avenues makes you a more rounded teacher, especially for our age range. Okay. Right. We teach we teach high school, so these kids. Oh, okay. Our are, age range of students, sorry, not yes, our yes, age yes. range <laughs> of young adults. <laughs> Correct. Yes. Okay. No, for when you're teaching high school, I think it's I think it's important to have different avenues under your belt so that you can not only cater to these kids with different hopes and dreams, but you can differentiate better your own curriculum and make that apply to these different avenues so that kids can, you know, kids aren't really going to use history every day in mm-hmm. life, but they can learn how, they can use how they learned history every day in life. They can right. use that technique and apply it to whatever pathway they go to. I am 100% with you there. Okay. Uh, the there being what you actually, like the content of what you learn in school mm-hmm. doesn't matter that much, mm-hmm. right? Like I teach high school biology as one of the things. I teach physics and engineering too. Um, but like I took a bunch of biology in high school and college mm-hmm. and almost none of it is relevant. Um, Like, I never need to remember what a lysosome is or what it does or why I care. Um, And that includes when I'm teaching it. Um, So, like, it's way more about, like, the skill set that you build and the logical problem solving and the thinking process and the interpersonal skills and collaboration and how you, like, present and communicate things. Um, Like, all that stuff Mm -hmm. really matters. Mm -hmm. Uh, The actual content, whatever. Yeah. Okay. Parents. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so I got into teaching when I was 23. Well, my first day here at San Marin was when I was 23 years old. Wow. I know, right? What a train wreck. I was, t- I, I would, you couldn't pay me money to live 23 again. Mm. No. Mm-mm. Yeah. Bad choices. Uh, so I feel like for me, I kind of knew that I wanted to be a teacher. Mm-hmm. All the way through, mm-hmm. like from fifth grade, maybe. Wow. Um, but 
I also like wouldn't let myself want to be a teacher mm-hmm. uh, because I knew that like being a teacher was not the kind of like elite high status profession that I may have wanted. Yeah. Um, and I really defined myself as like a pretty bright academic kid mm-hmm. um, and like a striver. Um, I wouldn't say an overachiever because I don't think you can overachieve. You can just achieve really well. Like um, but it, you know, teaching didn't kind of have the status level that I was probably hoping for. Mm-hmm. Um, when I was in college, I worked at this summer camp. Uh, and it was an Episcopal summer camp. Um, although, full disclosure, I'm not that Episcopal or Episcopal at all. Okay. Um, but it was like the perfect kind of like religion for me. It was the Bay Area religion, uh, being kind, doing good works, mm-hmm. being an awesome person with just like a little bit of reverence mm-hmm. and a whole lot of singing. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, big fan. Yeah. Um, and like a little bit of absurdity mixed in as well. Um, and it was a really small summer camp. And because it was really small, uh, there was like 60 kids max, 15 mm-hmm. staff members. All of us were in like late high school, college age. Uh, we were able to really like cater it to whatever we wanted to do. And so I got to create a bunch of these like ridiculous, absurd activities. Mm-hmm. So we would do um, tea party activities where we'd all get dressed up in fancy dresses and speak in old lady British accents and talk about what Nigel's up to on his safari in Kenya. Um, and have you taken the rolls out recently? And, um, you know, it was with a bunch of eight to 12 year old girls and boys. Uh, but really it was for me and my buddies to make stupid jokes to each other. Yeah. Um, and we'd do like a Sherlock Holmes adventure mystery where we'd go looking for clues or an early 90s Bay Area hip hop appreciation where we'd get dressed up like MC Hammer uh, and practice our running man and just generally be useless. So you were building campus or camp curriculum, basically. Correct. Yes. I was building camp yes. curriculum. <laughs> um, and when I was there, I was like, ooh, this is it. Yeah. Like, this is my jam. Mm-hmm. If I could do this all the time, I'd be all in. Mm-hmm. Um, but I still define myself as like really academic. Mm-hmm. So I went back to UC Davis where I went to college um, for my senior year. Uh, and I found myself one evening at a cheap bar, mm-hmm. um, as you do, yes. making out with some girl, yes. as you do. Uh, 23? Oh, this is 21 for me. Oh, okay. 21. Okay. This, is this, this is pre. pre. This yeah. is pre. Okay. 21. Um, and it turns out that girl that I was making out with uh, was a kindergarten teacher, um, and we dated a bunch. Mm-hmm. Um, and I realized that like everything that I loved about her was directly related to the fact that she was a kindergarten teacher. Hmm. Like she was kind, she was caring, she was compassionate. Um, I had read a bunch of Roald Dahl books when I was a kid, uh, and Miss Honey from Matilda. Yes. Uh, she was like Miss Honey. Mm-hmm. She was the magic. Um, so anyway, I ended up marrying her. Um, oh, no way. Yeah. I did not know that's your wife. Yeah, that's my wife. Oh my gosh, that's a Melissa. story. Thanks. Um, so I'm still married to her. Yes. Uh, we've got a few kids we now. love her. Yeah, she's great. And she makes good kids. She, she does. She's still got the magic. <laughs> yep. Um, she's still got the magic for the teaching. But, um, that kind of convinced me that like, oh, everything I like about her is directly related to what makes her a great teacher. Mm -hmm. I should be living my values 
let's go do that. Right. And it took me a while. Um, mm-hmm. I did spend like six months as an environmental consultant, which Something. mostly involved like going to large levy projects, construction projects, and mm-hmm. pretending to look for endangered snakes. Um, <laughs> while other people did real work, like driving bulldozers, and I tried to stay out of the way in my two-seater like Ford pickup that they rented me and got stuck on large piles of dirt and stuff. Um, you know, again, 23, 22, yep. 22 at that point, 21, I don't know, 22. Anyway, yeah. um, so that's kind of like where mm-hmm. I got into teaching. Can I ask you a question? Go. When you went to college, did you support yourself? Um, 50-50. 50-50. Uh, so you had some adult responsibilities. I did. Okay. So I had a full ride mm-hmm. um, at Davis. Okay. I got a region scholarship at Davis. Um, so you earned it, at least. I earned it, yeah. kind of. Um, I like earned it in high school, I guess. Mm-hmm. And then my parents gave me $500 a month for That's living awesome. expenses. Yeah. Um, and I figured out how to work over the summers and make enough supplemental uh, that I could survive on that. Yeah. So paid rent and food and mm-hmm. all the others um, out of that. Yeah. So I definitely did get some family help. Um, super lucky on that regard. Yeah. Uh, but I agree. Like I, I had jobs with real responsibility. Mm-hmm. Like I did something. Yeah. I summer camped. Yeah. Um, I worked some crappy service jobs. Right. Uh, huge. I, speaking of like the working with people of right. great privilege. Yeah. I worked at the pool snack bar <laughs> uh, for the Claremont Country Club, wow. which at the time was like a $75,000 buy-in. Yeah. Uh, it's a fancy, fancy country club, the full golf deal. Um, but I mean, those were like typical high school-y type jobs. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've now been teaching for 13 years. And I think it worked out okay. I do too. I mean, you're a fantastic teacher. And I guess I can I can definitely be proven wrong on my assessment, or I guess not my assessment, but my opinion mm-hmm. on when teachers should be allowed to become teachers. I think that if you come in with those credentials, that like I just think you have to have those credentials. Did you help support yourself through college? Did you have jobs in which you had to interact with others? Did you have jobs in which you had superiors and you had to work in teams and you had quotas and you know things that were and not just college I just went to college and then I became a teacher and that was it mm-hmm. I just think that there's I've met um, too many teachers to be comfortable with how they literally went from high school to college to teaching and stayed at home the whole time or got you know free rides the whole time and just have no real life experience other than being in school mm-hmm. i just think it needs to be a criteria that you have some life experience and in your case you're born with it obviously you are definitely an exception to the rule um and but in even your little bit de- even that pushed you because even you needed that to push yourself to become a teacher but yeah i just i really do think that People should not be teaching unless they can prove that they get it, mm-hmm. that they get what real life is actually about. Yeah. Um, I think that brings up like the interesting question, which is like how much of teaching is the magic? Mm-hmm. Um, like I have a few coworkers who, uh, when I'm mentoring a early career teacher, mm-hmm. first or second year teacher, I'm like, you got to go see this person. Mm-hmm. Like go see Jen Carla Magno. Yeah. She's magic. Mm-hmm. I can't totally put my finger on what makes her magic. Right. She just has the magic. Mm-hmm. 
Um, so what percent of it is that innate magic draw people in, mm-hmm. like with your, the force of your personality right. and goodness and kindness? And what percent of it is like the practice, the hard work, mm-hmm. the specific strategies, like all the stuff that makes you really mm-hmm. good? Um, and I don't have like a answer on that. Right. I don't think you can put a, a number answer, but no. I think you need both. Absolutely. I was going to say right? it's almost like, 50-50. Yeah. Like you have to have yeah. a force of personality, a magic mm-hmm. component to you, mm-hmm. um, a way of being an interesting person. Right. And people can be interesting people in a lot of different ways. Right. Right. Like not yeah. all teachers are interesting in the same ways. Correct. But all great teachers are interesting in some way. Yes, I think so. Um, and then... I agree. You also have to have that, like, ten thousand hours, or the the practice, the, yeah. the life experience, mm-hmm. the way of getting through in the world. Mm-hmm. To practice, how do you interact with students? How do you interact with people? Right. How do you get great mm-hmm. at what you're doing? Right, right. I just, I fully agree. I think that you need to not be. I think you need to be in a place where you're so confident with your decision that going into teaching, like you're not afraid of all those aspects. You're not afraid of having that personality. You're not afraid of making the hard calls and the phone calls. You're not afraid of working with kids that really do come in at very differentiated levels. Mm. And I think that where I'm coming from is that when you have that life experience, you can come in and be like, I've dealt with this before. This Now I know where I am and I'm confident where I am. And I'm not afraid to make those steps and be who I need to be and have that 50-50 balance of personality, magic, but teaching and connecting as well. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I'm going to make my pitch here. Okay. Because one of my big pieces is I think more brilliant people should get into teaching. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think you're one of those brilliant Amen. people that eventually found your way to teaching. Yeah. Um, And sometimes it takes working in a cubicle for a while. Mm -hmm. Um, And sometimes I think there are brilliant people who can come out of college and get into teaching Mm -hmm. and become a really good career-long teacher. Mm -hmm. Um, I will also say, just full disclosure, I love teaching. Mm -hmm. I plan on staying in the classroom for the next 30 plus 35 years if they'll keep having me. Thirteen years in, thirty-six right now. I would love to go to like seventy. Um, that'd be dope That's really if I was. Awesome. Well, I like you. I don't know if like if I'm still good at it, well, yeah. and if I'm still enjoying it the way that I'm enjoying it now, that'd be spectacular. That's so funny you say that. My my, I tell my kids to you know just have dreams and goals. Something mm-hmm. it doesn't can change by the minute, but my goal is like to teach for maybe another ten to fifteen. And then get my PhD and teach teachers because I just I'm just afraid that I'm not going to be cool anymore. <laughs> so at least I could probably be cool to the teachers. <laughs> no, I mean you're definitely not going to be cool anymore. You're not right, cool I now, Cats. Hey, We're, we both chose to be high school teachers. Neither of us are quote unquote cool. My kids love me. Oh no, they do, <laughs> and rightfully so. Um, yeah, it's that's also okay. So side note, like weird tangent but it is a weird transition when you suddenly uh recognize that you don't come from the same culture as your students yeah on an age range basis um like last year i went to homecoming Mm -hmm. uh and to the dance and um i was like this music is awful 
And as somebody who really likes dancing, yeah, that was like my first experience right. of like, no, man, I love hip hop. Like, yeah. I love pop music. Yeah. Let's let's go. Um, and being there, like the old man standing in the corner, yeah. is like it's so loud. Oh my gosh, no, it really is. It's a slap in the face when you catch yourself doing it. You're mm-hmm. like. Did you really just say that? Are you really turning into your mom? Like, right? <laughs> honestly. Yeah, you have to keep turning off the like, nope, no being cranky. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> you're a relevant person. Yes. Um, but I think you can be relevant Right. Um, as a young teacher. Mm-hmm. And there's some degree of relevance that is easier there. Like, you understand more of the culture. Like, right now, I'd say it's a lot of internet culture stuff. Yes. Um, or the pop music, or you know what is going on in the world. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's also ways that you can be really relevant, like as a later in life career teacher. Um, a, I still listen to pop music. Yes. Um, I think that's partially a professional responsibility. Well, yeah, you gotta like, stick I'll, with it. Right. I want to know who's coming up. Yeah. Um, so I can continue to make bad jokes about. Uh, and like make fun of myself for how irrelevant I'm becoming. Right. Kathy introduced me to Lizzo. Oh, yeah, Lizzo. I was like, who is this? She's like, come on. Yeah. I was like, okay, I'll get with it. Oh, Lizzo's and my now jam. Now I like it, yeah. Although, yeah. full disclosure, Lizzo no, was featured. Like, on Lizzo, my playlist. Lizzo was featured on NPR, so I'm not sure exactly how relevant she is for oh, the really? high school set. I think she might be great for the 30-something set. I swear they listen um, to her. Do they? I hope so. Yeah. No, she's no, in... I play her on the playlist, and they okay. all know the words and stuff. Yeah. 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 She's incredible. Um, okay. So here's my, here's my pitch for being a teacher. Um, one of the things that attracted me to teaching is I have always wanted to make a positive impact on the world. And I feel like teaching is a way that you can make that positive impact on the world. Um, one of the ways to do that is by making a positive impact in other people's lives. Mm-hmm. And teaching gives you direct contact with, depending on the level that you're teaching, at the elementary school level, 20, 25, 30 kids per year, that you get to be their primary influence outside right. of their parents. Mm-hmm. Um, at the high school level, it's like 150 kids a year, mm-hmm. um, where you get to help them become the best people that they can be. Mm-hmm. the best versions of themselves. Um, and I think that's like, it's an extraordinary responsibility, but it's also a great way of helping people be their best selves and making a positive impact in the world through those pieces. Right. No, I fully agree. I think that when I was asked, what is your why? I think that is when I realized that I was doing it wrong. Mm. That, you know, the benefit of being a teacher, we all know, we don't make the money, people. We get it. What? (laughs) Teachers don't, teachers are underpaid, underappreciated, blah, blah, blah. It's fine. But when you finish a year and 100, you got 170 kids and you got one that comes up to you and says, Miss Katz, thank you so much. I learned so much from your class. Every, none of that matters. None of that matters. And we live comfortably. We do. You've got a great totally. family. you got three. You're raising three kids in Novato. Fact. Um, I'm, I'm lucky I own my house here. Mm-hmm. It's just, you know, you make it work. And that's part of who we are, too. We're problem solvers. Like mm-hmm. we, And we don't need all that. Or you just marry someone who has it. There you go. Option. Add a girl. But, um, 
Boom. That's um, a strategy. But no, honestly, no, the benefits to teaching, like I wish I could find ways to encourage more people like us to come in because once we have, like if we had 45 of us, mm. holy cow, this would be the coolest working environment if you think about it. We'd have people who are energized to do activities all the time. We have hiking groups here. We've got, you know, we do barbecues with our teachers. This is our new friends and our family. And mm -hmm. you don't get that kind of connection at huge corporate companies. You get cool benefits. Sure, you get like bean bags and stuff. But, <laughs> I mean, here, here you're like. We do need, we need more bean bags yeah, on this campus. More, yes, I yeah. agree. But here you really do. You really get to the point where you feel accomplished in some way. Sometimes you feel broken down, but you, you have the options and the freedom to fix it and to make change and to implement change. And we're always talking about like oh we're just one person you know oh this oh voting oh all that kind of thing and the truth of the matter is is that if you if you're someone who's who's missing that element in their life and wants to share all that knowledge that you've spent your whole life putting together and you have that people personality and you have that drive to be a part of your community and you know even just change one person at a time teachings teachings a fantastic place to be especially at San Marin High School. Fact, yeah. <laughs> little little San Marin plug in there. Yeah. Um, I agree. Um, I think, like, teaching – and it, one of the things that you're really doing in teaching is, like, you're building community. Yeah. Um, and you're creating the community that you want to live in. Mm -hmm. So one of the choices that Melissa and I were really intentional with was we wanted to live in a community that we were able to teach in. Mm-hmm. Um, because I think there's some tremendous value of being like deeply embedded mm -hmm. in your community. Yeah. Like you're highly invested right. in the success of the kids in your class, mm -hmm. in the success of the kids at your school. Right. Um, because both of us uh, live within a mile right. of our high school that we teach in. Um, we're in slightly different directions, so we're not like next door neighbors, but um, we are both like pretty darn in the community mm -hmm. um like surrounded by houses that our students might live in um and i think there's something really really cool about that yeah and i know that a lot of teachers feel like i need some separation yeah i don't want my students to I be able to right i don't kind of surprises me yeah like i i and i understand the concept of like well i don't want my students to see me buying a six pack of beer but i feel like i Why, am a real human? right like yeah. i you know i am a real person Right. You will see me doing real person things. Yeah. Although full disclosure, um, I have kind of stopped buying beer recently. <laughs> uh, and side plug, not drink like I'm not on an alcoholic side, but just like not drinking has been awesome. Oh yeah. For two months. Oh wow. I have felt so I've good. I've out for like a year now. Just what? Cause, just because. Well, I mean, like, don't get me wrong. I have my fun every once in a while, but I just, yeah, just, I just feel more on my game without it. Right. Yeah. I feel so sharp. Yeah. Um, and then, like, if I'm feeling antsy in the evening, mm -hmm. I can just go out and go for a run. Oh, good for you. Because I haven't, because I haven't had like a not that a, committed. Haven't had a beer, and <laughs> I'm feeling great. Um, anyway. No, but you're so not, right. Not I, on topic. Yeah. But. Okay, go ahead. No, I'm just Being saying you're so, you're so right. I absolutely love going around town and hearing, hey, Miss Katz. Mm -hmm. You mentioned earlier, you know, maybe this wasn't the job that gave you the title and, you know, that level that you were looking for. And yet, in some small ways, I think it does. While there are many days teaching that I do not feel appreciated or respected by maybe parents or kids and, and that happens that's part of it but there's also days where I'm like I am your teacher and these kids see me like 
you are my teacher. That is Miss Katz. That is my teacher. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm recognizes that. And that really does give me that feeling of like, oh, mm-hmm. I'm, I'm important in this community. Like I'm someone. Mm-hmm. And I think that, you know, and, and hearing it from kids too just makes it so much more. I think empowering and special because that just means that they are they're the ones giving you the respect and so no I love living in this community I love being at you know down the street and hearing Miss Katz keep running or whatever I'm uh-huh. like thanks yeah see ya down the hallway uh 100% yeah um I mean, on both of those aspects like a hearing it from kids mm-hmm. um I keep a little ego stoke stoke drawer um it's labeled happy Um, I'm in a science classroom and all of my drawers are labeled with what's inside of each of them so I can like find what (laughs) the heck I'm looking for. Like, where are those magnets? Um, So I have one drawer that's labeled happy um, and I just keep any meaningful, nice note that a kid wrote for me Mm -hmm. so that on those crappy days where I'm like, God, what am I doing? I can open it up and choose a couple at random and just remind myself of like, why is it worth it? I have a whole box at home. Right? Um, you have to. Yeah. You have to to keep yourself sane and to keep yourself on. Yeah. Um, but A, like being appreciated by your students is awesome. Mm-hmm. But B, it feels awesome to be going around and seeing your students in yeah. the community. Yeah. Um, and like seeing them, seeing you out of context, mm-hmm. I get a kick out of. Um, like, yeah. whoa, you're here at the grocery store? I know, right? You buy food? Yeah, I eat every day. How about that? We have that in common. Um, That's so funny. But I did. I uh, on Sunday we hit Costco, yeah, and then Trader Joe's, and then Harvest. All the main because uh, my wife had some things that she wanted for different recipes, yeah. and obviously you can't get all those things at one store nope. out of control. <laughs> um, so we hit like three grocery stores in a row, um, and at every single one, it was like, oh hey students or previous students or coworkers or previous coworker. It's like we were so in the community, right? And it felt amazing. Um, to really like be, be part with your people, um, and to know that you're making a positive impact. Yeah, you're and not just that, here for a job. And that you're recognized. Yeah. Like yeah. when I am walking around town or running around mm-hmm. town, and I see parents of students, like it's great. Yeah. To be recognized, have a what's up, uh, stop, have a chat, um, and be appreciated. Fully agree. So I agree. Mm-hmm. I didn't go into teaching for status. Right. But I really feel. Uh, like the status of teaching is important in Novato. Yeah. Um, that we're like well respected and appreciated. Yeah. Yeah. No, I do. Yeah, it's a great way of like being important in your community. We're very lucky because not all, you know, sign up, not all communities and teachers get that. Mm. that. That is true. But if you, you know, if you have good support within your teacher friends and you use tools like a happy drawer or, you know, if you come together and make teams to support each other, it's it it's all worth it. It really is. Mm-hmm. Um, totally. Okay, so you brought up uh, the wealth or lack mm-hmm. thereof, mm-hmm. Uh, financial wealth or lack mm-hmm. thereof. So I kind of hold these two ideas in my head, mm-hmm. um, which are idea, and they're contrasting ideas. Mm -hmm. It feels like they can't both be true, and yet somehow they both are. Mm -hmm. Um, Idea number one, teachers are underpaid. Mm -hmm. Um, And I feel like that's true. Yeah, Teachers are underpaid. That is a pretty widely held community belief. Right. Um, At least within the teaching community. Yes. Other people people may differ. Um, But I think generally people know that teaching is not a uh, high 
financial reward career. If you are going into teaching for the money, mm-hmm. you are making a terrible choice. Correct. Uh, either you are very low skill or you should be better at making choices. Yes. Um, so don't get into teaching for the money. No. At the same time, I feel like I lead a really high quality of life. Right. And as previously mentioned, I am a teacher. Mm-hmm. My wife is a teacher. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have three young kids. So we're also paying uh, daycare and preschool. Uh, and my wife actually only works half time. Um, she stays home half the time. Uh, so she teaches the beginning of the week and then is home for the end of the week. Uh, she has a job share partner. Um, and we, I feel like, are doing really well on one and a half teacher salaries. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like, yes, are teachers worth more? Mm-hmm. I think they probably are. At the same time, as you mentioned, you can have a really high quality of life mm-hmm. being a teacher. Um, I also own my own home. I got super lucky with the market crashing when I was yeah, ready to buy. We got ours. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Thanks, economic collapse. Yes. Um, so we were able to buy at that point. Um, and I feel like we are doing a great job with saving and uh, paying off the house and raising three young kids and being in a really expensive part of the world to live. Yeah. Uh, and still doing pretty well. Mm-hmm. I have, you know, I have a lot to say to that. And again, I think, and this comes from my background, when I worked in interior design and in corporate sales, my life, in fact, it, it's a Greek saying, they say that Americans live to work and Greeks work to live. Uh-huh. And so I found myself literally my life was work and I feel like this is where depression and anxiety and I was waking up every day and I didn't want to go to work even though I love the people that I worked with Mm -hmm. I didn't love what I did and and the issues that came up with it didn't fit the type of issues that I was okay with having in my life and so my maybe that's part of why my 20s were so miserable it was just that i just i wasn't i didn't find my niche and now in teaching the quality of life yes i mean yes there are struggles this is not a smooth path but i accept these struggles and i find empowerment in finding solutions for these struggles and when I have a great day and when I have a bad day, both of those are equally as important to me. And I think that is why my quality of life right now is so much better, even though I'm not making those extra zeros that I used to make in sales, you know, that I, I used to work as hard as I wanted to make as much money as I wanted. And now I work as hard, much harder, if not 10 times harder and make nearly what I used to make. And yet I still wake up every day happy. And I think, and I tell my kids that I think that's so important. I'm like, yes, money is important. You have to have it. Mm -hmm. I mean, some people are cool living in a tent. Great for you. But most people want to have four walls and a roof and food and a car. And yes, strive for that. But also find a way to balance making that happen with something that you want to wake up and do every day. It's not a job. It's a lifestyle. And that's so, so important for anybody to understand. That's a great point, that like teaching is a lifestyle. Mm-hmm. Um, and one of the things that I think you mentioned there was uh, like hours. Mm-hmm. It's not like you have a higher quality of life because you're working fewer hours. Um, cause I see when your car is in the lot and when it is not, um, and it's in a lot, a lot. Yep. 
Uh, like you spend a lot of time here, and then you coach a couple sports here as well. Um, you've coached soccer. Mm-hmm. You've coached softball. Um, and so, like, you're working the hours. Yeah. Uh, so and I why? Take those home. Right. Those That's, hours go home with us. That is the tough one. Yeah. Right. It's not. It is. I do work. Yeah. You know, fifty to sixty hours on site. Right. Um, it's but a lot of the thinking is I love running. Mm-hmm. I'll try to get an hour running a day if I can mm-hmm. after the kids are asleep or before the kids are awake or whatever. Hit my 5 a.m. run or my 7 p.m. run or right. 8 p.m. whatever. Um, but like so much of that time is thinking about school. Absolutely. My wife, I mean, kind of thinks that I'm a crazy person. Uh, she knows why I'm a crazy person because she does similar things. Yeah. Uh, but like I'll walk around the house just talking to myself. Yeah. Like practicing what I'm going to say in different classes or like this is how that situation went, this interaction with a student. I wonder if I could do it differently. Right. So I'll like run those conversations mm-hmm. in my head um, and my nostrils start flaring. And yeah. she can see that I, like even if I'm not saying it out loud, she's like, oh, you're talking. Yeah. Um, so you do. You take it home. It's constant. Um, and yet – it's stuff that's worth taking home. Absolutely. It, it, it's absolutely worth taking home. And again, it's it's what, like I said, I'm in the position that I want to take it home. Mm-hmm. I love it so much that I want to take it home and I want to make it better. People are like, oh, you're a teacher, you get two months off. Well, that's called a mental break. We absolutely need those two months off. But in, in those two months, we spend that time reflecting on the year prior and rebuilding mm-hmm. so what did we do how do we make it better how do we implement it so that it's more successful it's really time for us to do exactly what everybody should do in their life and that's reflect reevaluate and then redirect mm-hmm. so absolutely it's it's a hundred percent of your time kind of job but if you're the right fit for it it, it doesn't it doesn't put a heavy weight on your lifestyle right um, with that said, it should not go unsaid that summer is awesome. Yes. Um, I get to go to Greece every summer. That was one of my life goals. And while I could afford doing more in Greece with my old job, I can still afford to go to Greece and have a nice time with my family and enjoy my time there because I'm not stressed about, you know, only having five days. Totally. It's it's definitely a, a blessing in many ways. Right. Um, like those those days you are definitely thinking about school mm-hmm. um, and like a lot of that summertime is as you mentioned spent retraining yourself going to professional development work um, rewriting lessons writing new projects planning out how you're going to do things better how to make it more relevant to students lives mm-hmm. how you can take content that's important and skill sets that are important and make them more relevant uh, within a classroom setting or taking them out of a classroom setting um, giving yourself basically the real job that helps you be a better teacher. Right. Um, And that's not always like paid real jobs, but it's giving yourself that life experience and trying to figure out how do you do this better. Right. And I think that reflecting piece is huge. Mm -hmm. Um, One of the things that uh, Michelle Lefebvre Burnt mentioned to me, she is another science teacher, uh, was that we don't learn by making mistakes. We don't learn from failure. We learn from reflecting upon failure. Yes. Um, that's a great point. And that cycle that you just talked about, the reflect, revise, what was it? Reflect, revise, re- that was really good. Thank you should have you, you, you. written that down. <laughs> that was solid. Um, like reflecting 
in those summer breaks, in those winter breaks, gives you an opportunity to be the best possible teacher. Mm-hmm. I agree. Um, okay, so teaching's dope. Yes. Established. Done. Great people should be teachers. We need more. Boom. Bring them on. Our parties would be so much more fun. So much more fun. <laughs> Bang the gavel. Yes. Case closed. Uh, but there are some downsides. Um, why, why should I not be a teacher? I would say, honestly, the only people I would say should not, like, should strongly reconsider being teachers are, are the ones that you know, have high anxiety, like that, that know that, Mm. that know that that interaction's going to throw them off their game. Like, again, if you're afraid to go and stand in front of 25 people and talk to talk to parents and talk to other teachers and admin, then don't do it. If you're unable to swallow the harder pills of, yeah, we do work a lot and yeah, we do make connections with kids and yeah, that comes with a lot of heartache sometimes um, and a lot of struggle with your kids who you know aren't getting what they need at home and so they strive for attention here and pull your hair out and you know there's 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 you really do need to understand that yes it's it's a peachy job but maybe you really have to value evaluate your your mental capacity to embrace all the things that not everybody sees about being a teacher. Mm-hmm. I think that would be the only deference. I'd be like, can you really handle it and truly reflect on that? Is this something you think you can take on in your life? Yeah, I, I mean, I think that's the big one, right? Mm-hmm. Is like, we talked about the benefits of being part of a community. Yeah. Um, but when you're a teacher, like you are an embedded part of that community. Mm-hmm. And part of being a, in a community is like, you hold all the tragedy of that community. Yeah. Um, and we are living that right now. Mm-hmm. Um, one of our students was in a car wreck on Sunday and passed away. Three of our students were in a car wreck on Sunday and one of them passed away. Um, and so we are in a dark time mm-hmm. the last couple days. Yeah. Like our students are in mourning, our teachers are grieving. Um, the nice part is like we continue to have a community Correct. to bond together and support each other. So important. But it sucks. Yeah. Um, this is this and, is not in your job description. No. You know? And like when your community is twelve hundred people big, mm-hmm. something tragic is gonna happen yeah. every few years. Mm-hmm. Just playing statistics mm-hmm. to somebody's family member and and we all hold that. Right. Um, and members of our community who are not teachers also hold some of that. Right. But um, there is a degree of like, I think he was in your class. One of the one of the ones that is injured and that's in critical condition is in my class. Yes. Yeah, um, I haven't had any of the three students in my class, um, but I still am holding a lot of it, mm-hmm. um, and that's a really tough place to be. Yeah, and that has happened numerous times for me throughout the last thirteen years. For well, the last four years, that the I've last been four here, years we've had hard times on us and it it adds to the job you can't walk away from that Mm -hmm. you can't sit in a class and teach like it's a normal day when you've got 15 kids who don't know how to deal with death and don't know how to deal with these very heavy issues that unfortunately kids shouldn't be dealing with but it is a part of life so 
if 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 you're having trouble bearing that weight, then it's not it's not a an easy thing for you to bear it for a hundred and something kids too. A hundred percent. And just to be clear, like we all have trouble bearing that weight. Yes. Oh yeah. Easy. Easy. Of course not. No. 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 I'm just saying that neither of us are like nobody can be fully mentally and emotionally equipped. No. Uh, no. to deal with tragedy. Um, but you do have to have a degree of like self-confidence and inner strength mm-hmm. that lets you be the supportive person for kids right. while still supporting yourself and mm-hmm. keeping yourself mentally healthy. And um, right. But yeah, I mean, I, for me, that is the number one challenge of teaching mm-hmm. is when a tragedy occurs, uh, we all hold it. Mm-hmm. Um, and it affects all of us. And there are benefits of being in a community, and this is definitely one of the downsides to being in a community. Mm-hmm. Um, so that that would be my number one. Right. Why shouldn't you get involved with teaching? Because, boy, are you part of the community. Yeah. Um, what else? Why else? What else sucks about teaching? Sometimes I, I, think, I think it's hard to have when we're talking about like kind of that cultural difference, mm-hmm. like when we, when I was raised, and I'm sure you're on the same boat, but you know, teachers, you, you walked into a, a, a classroom and you sat up straight and you listened to the teacher and somehow, I don't know if it's technology or what, but that culture seems to be slipping away in some senses. And it's more and more difficult sometimes to implement what, like what you think is normal right now needs to be implemented in some type of format. Like to me, mm. it's normal that you come in and you sit down right when the bell rings and wait for the teacher to speak. But I'm noticing that it's more, it's more and more okay for kids to come in late and talk when they come in late and not use the phone caddies like they're supposed to. So if you have to, and that's part of this kind of evolving you have to continuously implement structure and strategy to cut these off but it gets exhausting it gets exhausting to tell the same kid every day you're literally failing my class because you just don't put your phone in the phone caddy like why do you fight me the kids love to fight and he used to and just just to be clear He's not failing because he doesn't put the phone in the phone caddy. He's failing because he uses the phone constantly right. instead of doing what he's supposed to be doing in class, right? Also, well, also because I've had to implement points for not following rules. So mm. these kids are losing points every day for not doing what you're supposed to do when you come in. Because if you don't give them a consequence, then they're going to really push that line. Mm-hmm. And so it's just, it's it's learning to, you know, I get it. There's been bullies our whole, like, since the beginning of time. There's been that one kid that likes to throw pencils from the beginning of time. That's a classic. Yes. but it's Pencil getting, on the ceiling. It's funny. It's I pretty good. Pretty good. It. I'm like, are you serious? That's a classic. Come yeah. on. But it's, it's getting to the point where it's not just that one kid. It's like 30 kids. Like these kids. And I don't know if it's what's going on at home. Maybe it's what's going on at home because we are getting phone calls from home now that just don't line up with our beliefs either. Mm. I think that... and. You know, and so it's like the support, they're not getting the support that they need from all directions. And so it's really difficult to be trying to do what you think is just normal when you've got 20 kids who are like, this is pointless and we, what does it work for? And so learning to constantly implement, again, constantly revise and implement um, structure 
to work with these kids and then balance it though with not being that that teacher uh-huh you know yep. balancing it with not being like oh my god i go to cat's class oh, she's so annoying like oh, she's got all these stupid rules uh-huh. how do you make the rules valid enough and important enough to the kids so that you're still valid enough and important enough to the kids but everything now flows in the way that you want it to that's the hard balance that is a really tough balance yeah. and i think classroom management is like crazy difficult yeah and we can have a whole other conversation about like good classroom management procedures and why they work Mm -hmm. or don't work like i've got so many thoughts on that um but i agree like you know you're interacting with 155 uh teenagers Mm -hmm. per day uh if you don't like teenagers teaching would be a rough profession yeah um and you do like teenagers but teenagers are going to teenage yeah um and for the most part like i love my students and I have positive interactions with them, and I am super impressed with the kind of work that they do and who they are as people. Um, but yeah, in 155 human interactions per day, right. a few of them are going to be negative. Oh yeah. Um, and then it's a matter of trying to figure out how do we negotiate that. And yeah. if you get let yourself get lost in the negative, well, saying you're human too. Then you, right. You're you have bad days, and oh. when that one kid one kid takes one kid to just poke at you when when you wake up on the wrong side of the bed, it just like whole week's gone. Uh huh. Whole week. I'm like seriously, kid. Come on. But so much of it is like reminding yourself. Right. <laughs> um, one of the things that I repeated to myself a lot last year was like, I love teaching. Um, it was like my mantra. Like, ah, I love teaching. I love coming into work. I love teaching. I Mm -hmm. love being with my students. Mm -hmm. Um, And it actually, it worked. It does work. Like, I have convinced myself that I love teaching, in part Mm -hmm. because I do love teaching. Mm -hmm. Um, And in part because I've said it enough times that I now always love teaching. Yeah. Even when it's frustrating, tough days. And it's like, oh, I thought I had those instructions so clear. Yeah. And it was going to be so obvious. And my students did not either yeah. did not listen right. or I did not phrase it in the right. way that I thought that I phrased it because mm-hmm. it made perfect sense to me in my brain. And why isn't it working the way that it's supposed to work? Right. Um, I'm not sure. I'm not sure if, if actually when we went to school, everybody was well behaved. Um, I would argue probably not. Right. I think all the behavior was the same. It was just our perception of it. Interesting. Might have been totally different. God, I totally felt like we were um, way better. Yeah. <laughs> I Maybe mean, it was just you, me. You probably yeah, were. Right. Um, I I probably was too. But like, I don't think that the general. I think. I mean, actually, I think people are becoming more socially cognizant mm-hmm. and useful. Um, that like the general standard for behavior is increasing hmm. uh, in the long arc of time. Um, I mean, maybe it's slightly decreasing from like you and me. Yeah. In the last 18 years, things might have gone downhill, but it'll bump back up. Uh, But I, I, yeah, I'm not sure about that component of it. But I agree, especially in your first few years of teaching, Mm -hmm. teaching can be wildly frustrating. Yeah. When you are not well known yet. Yep. You don't have the reputation with students Mm -hmm. and families Mm -hmm. that like, oh, this person gets it. Mm -hmm. Um, Like Miss Katz knows what she's doing. Yeah. Uh, So we don't have to poke at her. Right. Um, Like it takes a a few years to establish that reputation and to establish your legitimacy. Yeah. And while you're doing that, it can be super frustrating because you get the negative pieces you might get emails from parents mm-hmm. that are like, I think you might have lost this thing. And it's like, no, I guarantee I didn't. So yeah. I've talked to your son. Yeah. And he told me he didn't do it and didn't turn it in. Yeah. It's not that I've lost it. 
like try asking him again. Yes. Um, so you like you know get yep. the same going in circles pieces and um, teaching is really hard. It is. Like it is a really uh, specific skill set mm-hmm. and one that I think I'm pretty good at and I still uh, at least once a week have a lesson that I'm like, man, that did not work. Right. Like, why did that not work? Mm-hmm. I, I've done this before. Um, I'm coming back around and I'm teaching biology for the first time in like eight years. Oh, no way. Yeah. So I taught um, earth science and biology. I majored in evolution and ecology. Mm-hmm. So biology should be like my strike zone. Right. Um, it's like right in the wheelhouse. Uh, and I taught that for like six years. Um, and then I taught physics and engineering for the last six years and right. didn't teach any biology. And I taught AVID while I was doing that um, for the last 11. And now I've dropped AVID for the first time in 11 years. No way. Yeah. I did not yeah. know that. Um, yeah. I was just, I had taken four group or three groups through graduation. Yeah. Um, like we stay with our AVID students for four years. Right. Adva- uh, AVID is Advancement via Individual Determination. So it's a program for kids who want to be the first in their families to go to college. Um, and you know, because you stay with them for four years, it really does become like a little school family. Yeah. You're there to provide academic support and emotional support. Um, and having taken three groups through graduation, um, I felt like, A, I had improved my teaching in so many ways mm-hmm. by having that experience. Yeah. And I wanted to let somebody else have that experience. Mm-hmm. Um, and B, I was just kind of like emotionally tapped. Yeah. Um, it is a huge emotional investment yeah. being the on-campus parent Right. For those 30 kids mm-hmm. uh, and knowing that you've got them for four years uh, and you're going to make it work and mm-hmm. being their advocate on campus mm-hmm. and also their, you know, stern parent and right. doing all that kind of on-campus and off-campus relationship building work uh, for them. And so I decided to take a year for that. Anyway, um, in coming back around and teaching biology now, um, uh, the one of the things that I've noticed is it's really weird to be feeling like a first-year teacher again. Like huh, all, all the stuff that I thought that I knew how to do perfectly. Yeah. Because like if you're, you know, physics, biology, it's all yeah, science. I've been doing it forever, yeah. Biology is the content that I have like down yeah. pat. Shouldn't be a problem. And all of a sudden I'm trying to teach the biology stuff and I was like, oh, I need a different strategy. Like this isn't working the way that I thought. And it, it's frustrating. Yeah. So anyway. Teaching's hard, and but it gets better. It does. Don't don't let the first. Everyone says like after the first year, two, three teachers kind of fall off, and they're like, "This isn't working for me." Have faith. Have faith that it does. As long as you keep working at it and keep learning from it, it gets so much better. I thought last year was my best year, and I'm already into this year. And I'm like, "Well, this is my best year. This is awesome." <laughs> it does. It gets. Just better. imagine how good you're going to be in I a couple years. Right? God. I didn't know that you could be better than last year. I mean. Look at you. Yes. Um, no, but you're right. It does. It gets mm-hmm. so much better. Yeah. Um, and I feel like there's a real, like, curve of uh, confidence. Yeah. Where, like, the first couple years, it gets, like, better and better and better. Um, or, like, your first year, it's like, I just got to hit a lesson for tomorrow. Yeah. I got to figure out what I'm doing, yep. try everything for the first time. Um, the second year, you're like, okay, I remember what I could do. Like, I got some strategies. I know what back to school night looks like. Like, mm-hmm. I, you know, I've done this. Um, and I felt like I got better and better and better. And then I reached like year five or so. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden, 
I realized how much other stuff there was out there <laughs> that I wasn't doing. And was like, oh, no. <laughs> By year four, I was like, I got this dialed. Yeah. I know exactly what I'm doing. I got every uh, every trick is in my bag. Nope. Uh, roll it out. Here we go. Mm-hmm. And then year five was like, oh, no. That's so funny. I could be brilliant. Yeah. Year five, I revamped everything. So much more structure. So, mm-hmm. I mean, everyone's like, more rules. But it's not. It's, it's structure. So much more structure. I teach an art and design class. So it's chaos all mm-hmm. the time. So, so much more structure was implemented this year, and it's just, I'm getting, they're learning more, they're, they're like, connecting more with the actual academics of it. It's not just doing this year, which is really awesome, and they're responding well to it. Kids do great with structure, and oh. yeah, five years. Five years it took me to figure out, you know, have them write something for the first five minutes so that I can take roll and check their phones and make sure they're all set to go and I'm not rushing. I swear I learned that in college, but mm-hmm. I didn't implement it because, you know, you're like, oh, I don't need to. But no, five years. I'm like, you had all that expertise from it. life. Yeah. You didn't need college. <laughs> you're welcome. Um, no, but I think there's like, you know, there's an increase. Yeah. And then you're, you're kind of like staying at yeah. that five-year level. It's not like you're getting worse. It's just all of a sudden your eyes are opening up right. to how much more higher levels there mm-hmm. are, how many more higher levels there are. Um, and then it's like my next few years, I also was like, I got so much better again. Yeah. Um, now if you and want I think, to tell you're doing it wrong. Totally. And I think there's some excitement about that too, right? Like you get to constantly get better at something that mm-hmm. is important to you. Right. Um, and I think that's tremendously valuable. That's self-fulfillment, right? I mean, like, that's you doing something for yourself that a lot of other people don't get in their day-to-day jobs. Mm-hmm. 100%. Um, okay. So last piece, I think teaching is tremendously fun. Mm-hmm. Um, and it also gives you the opportunity to be really um, specific about controlling your own career. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's ways that you can totally control your own career as a teacher, mm-hmm. and there are ways that you 100% do not. Right. Um, there are bells that tell me when I can and cannot go to the bathroom. Yes. Uh, that <laughs> obviously is a degree of freedom that is very much lacking. Yeah. Um, but I really like structure, so that works nicely for yeah. me. Um, but there are other ways where, like, I really control how my career moves forward. Um, like, what I do in class every day mm-hmm. is pretty much 100% up to me. Right. Um, yeah, I have general general skills and content that I need to teach. Right. But as long as you're generally touching on those things, yeah. you figure out how to make it work. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think there's a tremendous amount of creativity and uh, problem solving and thought that I find tremendously fun. Mm-hmm. Um, I would imagine, especially like teaching in art. Oh yeah, it's a it's if you're a creative person, holy cow, it's so I. When I came and I took over for um, someone who was retiring, and when I started, they basically weren't even going to be offering those courses anymore. So my mm. course kind of started from scratch, and nobody was like, so what are you teaching? <laughs> and so I was like, this is great. So, you know, you, yes, you have standards you have to go by, but I was able to build this curriculum based on how I like to do it, which is great because if you're not doing it the way you like to do it, the kids are gonna read that. So I do it in a way that I'm passionate about and it's mine. 
I created this. I built this. And watching that succeed is just another another point of, you know, making your quality of life. You get to create and see success and um, see that happen. And so that's, yeah, that's an awesome part of what we do. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And then the, the last piece is, like, as a teacher, you can choose where you live. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's probably taken for granted. Um, but, like, I graduated from UC Davis. My wife graduated from UC Davis. We were leaving Davis. Yeah. Uh, she had taught a couple years in Dixon, which is a small farming town mm-hmm. uh, in the Central Valley. And um, we kind of had a choice of, like, all right, where do we want to be? Mm-hmm. Uh, and the great piece is, like, two teachers pick your spot. Um, conveniently, there are children and schools everywhere, mm-hmm. so you can choose your location. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the time that you are putting into it is heavy, but at least you get some control over where the extra hours come. Right. The eight to three is yes. pretty much mandated. Um, but that. outside of that, like, I can play. Some of my coworkers take a lot of stuff home, take mm-hmm. grading home. Um, others seem to do everything on campus. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a two-year-old and a five-year-old and a seven-year-old at home, so oh, there ain't no grading <laughs> going on in my house. Nope. Uh, like, that's just not going to fly. Nope. Um, so I take care of everything on campus. Yeah. Uh, but I'll come in on a weekend to take care of it. Like, you yeah. got some flexibility and some play there uh, around being the best teacher you can. Yeah. Yeah. I've never really thought about that, I guess. I mean, I guess it's it's a yes and a no, because some people, like, we do have teachers on this campus who can't afford to live in this area and do commute. Now, given working this, coming here every day, does, like, being able to choose where that is and coming here every day does give you the opportunity to be here every day in Mm -hmm. this area, which is lovely and has, gives access to a lot of things. But yeah, I never really thought about which you would think I would have since my fiance lives in Ohio, about choosing where you live and, and connecting that with your job. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, you get, you guys just went through that. Yep. Right? Like, uh, you are here in California. Mm-hmm. Your fiance lives in Ohio. Yep. Um, and he's moving out here, right? Yes. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> this was a big area of concern for uh, all of your friends on I'm campus. Staying. Because uh, we had been pushing hard for California. <laughs> um, and Ohio, obviously, is a lot uh, lower cost of living. Yes. Um, but you got family in California. Family it's here. beautiful here. I, just, I love what I do. I do. I mean, to think that I'm. You know, so excited to have found the person that I love and that I want to spend the rest of my life with and yet have such a conflict because I don't want to leave my job. I think that's a really beautiful thing and a, and a huge blessing and not everybody gets that. I understand that. But wow, am I lucky to just to say, honey, I love you, but can we stay in California because <laughs> I want to stay at my job. Uh-huh. So it's, yeah, it's and very fortunate in that aspect. That, and, and that's a huge piece of it, and that's yeah. tremendous. Yeah. But it's like, I've got family here, mm-hmm. and this is where I grew up, mm-hmm. and I really want to keep my same job. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, we feel tremendously lucky Thank to you. have you here at San Marin. <laughs> um, and we are tremendously lucky to get to do what we do every yeah, day. Yeah, we are. Yeah. Teaching. Woo! Boom. <laughs> Count it. All right. Thank you so much, Thank Eleni you. Katsaros. Gosh, this is a blast. I'm so glad we did this. Me too.
Uh, we'll try it again sometime. Yes, I like it. All right. All right.